This is episode 26 of the Chick in Charge podcast with CEO of All-in-One Security, Mary Parker. Today's guest is Donna Lowry. An Atlanta media maven, Lowry has more than 30 years experience in broadcasting and communications in the tough, competitive Atlanta market. Launching her career at NBC, Lowry became one of the nation's first education reporters. This unique positioning has led Lowry to become an expert as well as public speaker on the importance of supporting children and teachers in public education. Welcome to the Chicken Charge. All-in-One Security CEO Mary Parker celebrates the success of women in the world of business and in life. Mary's own humble beginnings in rural Mississippi led her to become one of the only African-American females running a multi-million dollar security firm. She is definitely the chick in charge. Here now is Mary Parker. Good afternoon, Mary Parker, the Chick in Charge podcast. We are having a fantastic day today. We've had wonderful guests all day, and now we have with us Ms. Donna Lowry. We have Sarah Smith with Road Solutions and Port Wilson, our sound engineer. Whoop. Donna, yes. I am so excited to see you, but as I said before we came on online, I'm in the wrong seat. I'm typically the one being interviewed, and today I'm interviewing you. Well, I'm excited to be on the other side. Although, if I ask you a few questions, just just know that I <laughs> fell into my old role. Okay? No worries. I would love that. I would love that. So, Donna, I know that you recently resigned from the Fulton County Schools. That's right. Okay. I was Chief Communications Officer. After 30 years working at Channel 11, I retired two years ago. I, was, I focused on education. I was the education reporter. Loved that. Uh, and then... Ended up, kind of fell into the role as director of communications for Cobb County Schools and wow. loved that. Did that for a little over a year. And Fulton County Schools came after me and said, come work for us gotcha. as chief communications officer. Mm -hmm. So that was great. And I did that for nine months, but it is grueling. We do a lot in the schools. And it... At this point in my life, I decided, okay, I've done it, I like it, but I think I want to step back a yeah. little bit. And so that's why I decided that it's time to maybe maybe do some consulting, some part-time work, but not a full-time gig. Uh, and I'm still committed to kids, so that will always be a part of my life. Good for you. I yeah. love it. I love it. And right now, while we're there with the kids, I'm inviting you next Saturday, if your schedule is open, anytime between 4 and 8, to our Back to School Bash, the Mary Parker Foundation Absolutely. annually. I will love it. And like yourself, I've started doing some things with Fulton County School as, Schools as well. But it's so much work. It is it's a lot so of work. so much work. All of us are needed, it's a though. total dedication. So we are doing our support. We support them through our foundation, and we will Good. continue to do whatever we can. Now, mm -hmm. here's what I want to know. What are some of the so few education, no, why do so few... Uh, news media outlets cover education. It is true. It's so positive. So I did it for almost all of my 30 years. It started in the early 90s when the first news director told me to start covering early education. And I remember when I, we first started, he's, you know, I thought, what can I say about early education? Once you delve into what's going on from birth through through kindergarten, really, there is a lot. There's a lot to talk about, a lot the parents should know. I did that for three solid months, and I thought, 
this cannot be my career, though, that I, uh, every day I'll do a story on on, ed, on earlier childhood. And that's when the news director at the time said, let's expand it to all education. And wow. that's what, the way it, it uh, started. And I did that from, like I said, the early 90s, <clears throat> excuse me, until 2016 when I retired. I always wondered why no other station had an education reporter. And I had reporters at other stations say to me, I want to do what you do. But no one else had the commitment. And Channel 11 really put a lot into it and put a lot behind me and what I was doing. I did a class, I did a segment that I started called Class Act. And I did that for 17 years, where each week I honored a teacher in a classroom during yes, the school year. So and it was award winning. I'm proud to, to know that I won an Emmy for that. And I had another segment that was even longer, thank you, called uh, Class Notes. And that was on every morning. And that was about a minute long, and it was about something going on in the classroom. Right. During that time, I really got a chance to see what was going on in education. I had a, this unique view of education because I was right there in the classroom every day and getting a chance to see innovation, um, great learning techniques, best practices, all of those kind of things. Saw some of the hardships and all of the problems too, but a lot of what I saw was really wonderful and I was able to share it. Um, those of us who, it's been a while since we've actually been in the classroom as students uh, don't have an idea of what's going on in the classrooms every day and that was my challenge to make people feel as though they were part of the classroom that they were inside the classroom and really got a little glimpse a little taste of what was going on in the classroom and I really enjoyed that. That's wonderful Donna. So in your opinion what are some of the issues facing public education period today? There are so many. Especially I know here in Georgia. We every I think we get to the point where we think we're past that point where education that we're so advanced as a society in 2018 that we should be past that. But there are so many issues that are still a big problem right now. One of the big issues all over the country, but here in Georgia, is teacher recruitment and retention. retention. It's hard to get them to want to be teachers now. A lot of what you're hearing, and we can talk about that a little bit more, but then to keep them in. Um, most teachers, I think it's 40% of teachers don't stay beyond five years. It's they, just public education. Public teachers. education. Okay. Gotcha. They, they leave early. And that's because there are a lot of challenges. There are a lot there's a lot going on with kids in the classroom, and there are a lot of pressures coming down from above on testing, and you know, all the assessments, mm -hmm. all the paperwork. Then you're dealing with all kinds of other issues that I just think are also uh, equally as big. Uh, social emotional learning is the big buzz word, buzz phrase now, and that has to deal with dealing with kids who have emotional problems and social problems in the classroom. So this goes as large as the shootings we've seen in schools Huge. where there are problems with the kids who have, you know, when we find out who the shooters really are and what their motives are, a lot of it had to do with their, their mental issues. Nobody's dealing with those. Parents aren't dealing with them at home, of course. The, the school systems aren't really equipped for that, although they're working on it. I'll tell you that Fulton County Schools has hired 10 people, 10 social workers, wow. who will start this upcoming school year 
for the first time, they will focus on social-emotional learning. They will try to get to kids early and find out what's going on with them. Banneker High School, in particular, came up with a program. Actually, they've built a whole section in their school. Are you familiar with it? Where they will be taking kids in who have problems and working with them. And this is dealing with everything from another big issue, poverty, you know, dealing with their poverty issues in the classroom to their their mental issues to something as basic as what kids are wearing, are able to wear and having food and those kind of things. So yeah, so those are, so that I think that social emotional learning piece is another big part of it. So teacher um, recruitment and retention, social emotional learning, the poverty issue, big. It's a huge issue that you don't recognize. And I, can I just share a Please. personal story? Last year, every year with Fulton County Schools, a group of the students, I mean, I'm sorry, a group of the, um, the administrators at the administrative level decide to do Thanksgiving dinners for some of the families who are identified by the social workers in the schools. And so I volunteered, I was busy that day, but I volunteered to deliver the the um, food. So they made, oh, I know, 30, 30 turkeys and all the fixings worked all day. So I was part of the delivery process. I only had six families to deliver to. Okay. I delivered in um, I delivered in motels, short-term, week-long home motel rooms where the families had been living for the yeah. entire school year, where an entire family was there. And I was I was lucky to get there while the food was still warm because there was no, nowhere for them to heat up the food. I delivered in uh, trailer parks where I had a hard time getting to the people. One family I never found. I had to save the food and take it the next day. Another family, the mom had several kids. She was pregnant had a baby. They ended up going to Norcross. I didn't find him. I was supposed to find him in College Park. I couldn't. Long story short, I ended up, um, I on my own decided the next day that I would drive to Norcross to pick her up and her kids. She had two babies. Two were under a year old and other children who were older. But the big problem was the, the nine-year-old was the oldest and the mom was relying so much on her. Yeah, and, and the nine-year-old, the nine-year-old fell asleep in the car. Yeah. Her, she, her mom was upset because she was up, she was sleepy, and I, and I thought to myself, that poor child had been up. She'd been taking care of the babies. Uh, she, she said to her mom, the baby needs a diaper. She goes, I just bought diapers. She goes, Yeah, you only bought twelve. You know, or four days. There was three diapers a day, and I thought three diapers a day. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So I mean, I really had a chance to see where people lived and what they were experiencing and it's tough it and, and so I think tough. those of us who who are, don't see the, that part of life um, tend to forget that they're You're out absolutely there absolutely correct and that's one of the, also one of the reasons that one of the reasons that I spend a lot of so much time in the community assisting and aiding families Thanksgiving Christmas oh my goodness all of those well, it doesn't have to be a holiday no. if someone's hungry we're going to find food for them. And we have lots of hungry children at school. Right. So as, as it relates to alternative learning, you know, you, I'm one, of the, uh, one of our guests talked about home economics and workshop and all of that earlier. Yeah. That was good for the baby boomers and maybe the generation after that followed us. But then comes the technology age. Sure. How do you, what would you say to uh, the educational institution in terms of adjusting with time 
as in terms of how we're educating our children? Well, I think that we have, I think the pendulum, thank goodness, is Moving. swinging back, back, back to the middle a little bit more. I think we got to the point where we were really pushing technology so much that we were missing out on some Everything other else. things. The basics yes. that we all learned, yeah. right? right. Yes. Um, some of that rote learning that people complained about, I mean, there's something to be said uh, for yes. that. Uh -huh. There are poems that I remember that I, I learned way back when Thanks that I can tell years. you to this day, <laughs> right? The kids just don't learn. No. They're, they're great reading. at the technology. They're doing those kind of things, but they're not. So there are some things, some old school things that I think the pendulum, thank goodness, is swinging back that we're realizing that we need to keep those things uh, in the forefront too. Uh, but the technology is good because we certainly don't know that we are we are training kids for jobs, preparing them for jobs that don't even exist now, Absolutely. right? So you've, you've got to make sure that they have the skills for that. But it, it's, it's a tough call to know what to give, prepare them for. You know, I'm, I'm so question. happy that at this day and time I have grandchildren. Yeah. My baby granddaughter is coming senior this year, right? So we were talking yesterday about, she just, she did her ACT test a month, several months ago. Scores in science and math were extremely high. She scored 24 and 27. 27, I think, in math and Good for her. science. But she failed very low, exactly where I knew it would be, and that was with her reading. Yeah. And I've said to her parents over the years, when it's time for her to take her test, she's not going to be diversified enough. She's not going to know enough about the world because she's not reading books. She's got to read more books. And we had the conversation yesterday. And she said, now I remember. You always talked about the reading. I says, yeah, you got to read. That's what's going to make you so diverse. So in terms of those tests, the SAT and ACT tests, they are also making adjustments there as well. Absolutely. Thank goodness. Thank goodness for that. I, I would hate to think that actually that my, and I have a, a recently, I have a student, a child who recently graduated from high school and is on our, her way to college. And thank goodness those aren't the same, she didn't take the same tests I did because um, I, when I have an older child who did, they, they hadn't changed for a long time. Right. They went 20, 30 years without changing the SAT and ACT. But they are adjusting now. They're recognizing that they have to with the students. And also, are you hearing about the schools, the colleges that aren't accepting them Absolutely. now? Absolutely. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I am hearing about so those. So what we're realizing is we can't put everything into a test. Right. We And we've got to recognize that more at the K-12 level, too, that we're putting so much emphasis on, a twe a te on tests that we're teaching to the test that we've got to take the focus away from those areas and focus more on what really, what are the real things that kids are getting? You know, you know how different classes classrooms are now. Remember when um, we had to when when we had to learn some things, now they can just Google that information. So the focus is away from uh, some of those things and just more critical thinking skills. Yeah. Kids really today need to learn how to think on their feet a lot better. Problem solve. As you my 18-year-old um, my will tell you, that's always I'm always saying she comes to me with a problem and I throw it back in her face. I do the same thing. You have to. <laughs> you do. You have to get because them to solve it. Otherwise, they are going to always be dependent on someone else exactly. to help them solve everything. With that, Donna, if there was one thing, if there was one thing that you could implement within Georgia schools to make a difference, what would that be? 
Oh, wow. That's a tough thing because I, I think there's so much that, that we could. I think, I think if anything, I really believe that teachers are the key in any classroom. Right. And if you can, it, the difference between what a child learns and what they don't is dependent on the teacher. So if there was some way of making sure every child received a quality teacher. Now that's really hard because I actually talked to someone go, who's in teaching right now who's in a really tough and, and inner city Atlanta school. We had lunch last week and she's really struggling. It's middle school too. So, you know, bless her heart that she's in, in middle school. And it, she's really a good teacher, but she, she's just burned out. There's just too much to do. That's such hard work. Uh, so if there was some way of making sure we could get a quality teacher in every single classroom that was committed, I think that would make a difference. But that's my crystal ball. I, I don't know what the answer is right. there. Um, I know that our colleges in Georgia are not producing teachers to the same degree that they were. They're having a hard time recruiting teachers. It seems like the role of teacher is very different uh, now than it was 20, 30 years ago. Absolutely. You know, you're talking about bringing social workers in yeah. and uh, teachers dealing with um, these problems with guns in the schools. And, you know, just recently, the talk of, well, well, we'll train all the teachers to have guns in their classrooms. Isn't that scary? It's so scary. Oh, yes. And it doesn't, it, it, the onus on the teacher to teach is is diluted and that is going to impact the kids and is impacting the kids and here's a question yeah of the time the children spend in school with the limitations of the teachers how much time are the kids really spending learning or the teachers are spending teaching that's the big question. That's a great question. Yeah, Mary. it really is. And, and on a lot of the classrooms, they have so much that they have to focus on that has nothing to do with actual teaching that the kids are lost. And imagine the kids who can keep up, they're doing okay. But the kids who may not be, that you have to work with a little more, they're the ones that fall behind. And then they never catch up as years and years um, add on to that. Um, so they, they really need more help. And you've got the larger classrooms now. Yes. Class size is Everything another is big changed. issue. So if you're dealing with maybe 30 kids in the classroom or maybe 32 as the older kids, yeah. then how are you going to focus on each child and give that child the education that each one needs, right? Because you're so focused, because uh, you've got so many. And you've got one that has maybe mental health issues. Some of them may be, may be diagnosed with uh, autism, but still in the classroom not right. getting really good help on that and that person. Then you have some behavioral issues. The behavioral issues alone can affect the entire um, the, the entire uh, culture of the classroom, the climate of the classroom. Are universities training their, uh, their students to face all those challenges. No. And that's the big complaint by teachers. The teachers groups okay. will all tell you that they're just not getting the training they need to deal with the complex issues that are facing the what classroom teachers the today. Most? I I personally think that the the social emotional learning piece is a big thing so Could that you they talk know how to that a little bit, social emotional learning is helping kids understand how to get along with each other 
bullying issues, how to focus so this on... this is psychology. It actually is, and yeah. teachers don't get that kind of training right. on how to, or at least to identify it enough to pass it along to somebody else to say, uh, this child needs the help, and let me focus, have you go to a psychologist or a social worker. And not everybody is... Uh, personally equipped to be a psychologist. That's right. So that can be difficult. I mean, I could think of 10 teachers right now that I had that would <laughs> would never have been good psychologists. Exactly, right. And so, and the other thing is the schools do have counselors. Right. But counselors, when you think of the counselors at the high school level, they're helping kids focus on maybe what's the, what their next step is in, right. in life, right. not right. on counseling them. Right. So that's why these they realize that social workers can deal with, deal with that, but the social workers dealing with those social issues are also having to deal with the mental issues. Schools do so, also have the psychologists, but the psychologists may have five schools. Like Donna, one may I have, have a, several. Yeah, I have a question for you. What country other outside the United States um, do you think is hitting the nail on the head with their public education and why? The one that you hear the most about is Finland. Finland is okay. the country. Finland, all of their teachers, they treat teachers in Finland like they do doctors as I understand oh. it. They treat them with, they're the gods, right? That yep. they, they are the, the, they're respected, that people look up to them. And, and if you look at the way we do that in, in this country, teachers are on a low rung, they are. right? They are. And they should Not be the most house. respected, yeah. Not right? Not in my house, they were never, we love the teachers. We love the good teachers that, exactly. that took care, good care of our kids. Right. Um, and didn't like the teachers that didn't like our kids. <laughs> I think we're speaking in general. Yeah. yeah. It's just not enough respect given to teachers. No. I, I always, when I do the analysis of pay scales, right? you know, I'm going, these are the people where our children yeah. spend the most time of their, their lives with teachers. And we don't want to pay them. I'll give you an example. I have a niece who's a, who's a teacher. I've adopted her. Whatever she needs for a classroom, that's what she gets. Last year, she taught kindergarten. Year before last, she went back to school, prepared her classroom for kindergartens. And as you know, the money now comes out of their exactly. pockets to get ready for school, for the classroom. She gets to school first day. She got moved to first grade. No. Yes. So she's prepared all summer for, for her kindergartners. First day of class. She goes to first grade. And who's that unfair to? Not only her, but, but those kids. And parents as well. So I That's mean amazing. So community leaders, please hear us. I mean, we're sending out a cry today that if we are going to help our children to be better, we need you to help us to help them and the school system. Um, that is a chick tip That's for today. A, we should start a campaign to respect the teacher, to, to uplift the I teachers. I like that idea, you know? actually. To just, just make them feel good about themselves. You know what everybody says? Oh, the teachers, you know, they aren't. They get the summers off, so that's why they make what they do. No, they, no, they no. don't get summers off, and honestly, they need a break. First of all, they really do. First of all, they don't they, get a honestly, break. they yep. do. And many of them are in professional learning situations and those things all summer. Yeah. and they're planning for the new year and all of that. Yep. And and they still, 
I, I'm sorry, they just don't make the money they should no, for they what don't. they do. And I, I know you've been hearing our engineer over here sigh, big deep sighs, because his you know. his little boy is going into pre-K in wow. a couple of weeks. So we're saying all these things. Yes, yes. So as Scary. an alternative, <laughs> what about homeschool? I say that because I've met so many children who are homeschooled, and they seem to be brilliant. And I think it's because of the quality time, the amount of time, the individualized learning or teaching is what's making the big difference there. Yeah, I your think thoughts on that. I think there's there first of all, I think if you've got if your parents if you if the parents are committed to it and really understand it and have the background, there it's an excellent choice. And one of the big um, downsides the peep criticisms over the years has been they're not getting the social part of it well that has changed right. there are there are groups that have organized that are you there are places you can take your child to to learn chemistry if that's not your yeah. right if that's not something you're strong with or biology or like right. when they when they get to the high school because I'd be fearful of trying to teach math to my child or anything Hello. like if I had to teach <laughs> algebra I'd be in trouble so they they are have now formed groups but then they also are are getting out and and being in groups with other people. So they're getting that social part of it, which is I think is important. And I there are there are people I've worked with who are who grew up as homeschooled kids who are excellent employees. That's um, great. I, ha I had one That's as such a an good employee. question, Mary. Yeah. It really, really is. Question. I, I it love is good. it. I, I just like spending time I, I just love spending time with kids. Yeah. I don't think I ever grew up. That little girl just Every time she has an opportunity to come out, I, and it's I love wonderful. being there because I can relate to those children, and and I feel a lot of their pain. So that's the downside of it. But if we didn't care, our kids wouldn't get the opportunities that they get today. That's true. So I'm going to stay that little girl so that I can identify with them. Coming up on August 4th, the Mary Parker uh, Foundation will host its 10th I'll be annual. There back to school, and we'll talk about board position offline. <laughs> okay. um, it's been great. I've had a wonderful time. Good. We have accomplished, I know we've accomplished our mission today of Good. having yes. fun and having wonderful, wonderful information for our listening audience. This isn't your last time here. I hope not. It I'd love to come not, back. It is not your last time. You are great. I love it. Sarah, thank you. Poor Pleasure. Thank you. To our listening audience, whew, I know what you're feeling. <laughs> Stay tuned for more of the Chicken Charge podcast. Subscribe to The Chicken Charge at thechickincharge.com. Get a free download of Mary Parker's Tips for Success, tips that'll make short work of some of today's most challenging issues facing female business owners. Thanks for listening to The Chicken Charge.